Coming up on this episode of Up For Debate, we're talking urban legends. That's right, the 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 funny stories, the weird spooky things, the, the unprovable. We discuss all the modern myths that get people asking the tough questions. We're going to do it for you. We're going to discuss all of them right now on this episode of Up For Debate. This is Up For Debate, episode number 47, recorded March 9th, 2016. Myths of the Modern Man. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Up For Debate, the uh, the podcast that nobody can prove actually exists. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by the blur you see in, in, in bad quality photography. It is Matt Mariani. How are you doing, Mr. Sean? I'd I like to see well. them try to prove like... that we exist. <laughs> no one would believe it. We're just really good motion capture CGI. I'm really Andy Serkis. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm played by Frank Oz, of course. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's a convincing performance uh, to mm-hmm. say we really do come off as amateurs. So we do. Um, it's it's you know, for many years, people thought we were just animatronic puppets. Yeah, absolutely. Like Hall of President style, mm-hmm. um, you know. No, we're we're completely CG. I'm doing my, 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 little, my little There's robot. Uh, all just a bunch of uh, ones and zeros right here. That's right. But we're so much more than that, Matt. And I think we've got an exciting topic tonight. Mm, I think so. I hear we're talking about um, one of my favorite things. You know, bourbon legends. Bourbon legends? Bourbon legends, of course. Bourbon legends? Can you tell bourbon me a bourbon legends. legend? Uh, you know, one time I heard, now I don't know if this is true or not, but, uh, I heard that they were going to make, uh, a, uh, a crystal Pepsi bourbon. That sounds awful. That sounds like that's, that's probably why it's a legend. Probably tastes just like cough medicine. That's probably why they didn't make it. Wow. All right. So that's a bourbon legend for you. Uh, Another bourbon legend. I heard that bourbon. The word bourbon uh-huh. actually uh, was created after the word urban, uh, and it was to actually it was invented in a city by the bourbon uh, company in order to sell bourbon liquor. Really, really struggled through and, that and, one. And the first place, and it was called Bourbon Urban. Oh. That sounds believable. No, no, it should be urban bourbon. Urban, the urban bourbon. Yeah. Um. See, now I heard that old man bourbon died in his mysterious oh, mansion. On top of the, uh, he lives on the Indian burial ground. And right? if you say his name three times into a mirror, he'll appear behind you. With some bourbon. With with some bourbon, yes. Which is why <laughs> you do it because he starts the party. Um. No, Matt, we're not talking about bourbon legends. Although we could, um, thank goodness we're not. No, we're talking about urban legends. Of course, urban and legends. And not Urban Meyer, Meyer the, the coach of the uh, Ohio State uh, football team. No, we're talking about, um, as, as the episode's titled, Myths of the Modern Man. The, the stories we tell ourselves. Now, Matt, I was thinking about this before the show. This is, I'm excited about tonight, and here's why. One of my favorite things about doing this is that you and I 
pretty much regularly have very different approaches to how we take our topics. Because usually you and I, we don't discuss before the show very much. We usually just pick a broad topic without any plan as to how we're going to discuss it. None That's why the show's terrible. So (laughs) I'm curious because Urban Legend is a very broad label. Yeah. There is a, a lot of stuff that can fall under that. Oh, yeah. Is there a certain tact you took when coming up with what you wanted to discuss tonight? Well, Sean, I mean, I think we, for as much as we don't have a pattern usually when we, um, or we don't have a strategy when we go into this, we we kind of fall into similar patterns. Mm-hmm. I know that you go for the more interesting, um, kind of thought-provoking parts of the subject we're covering, mm-hmm. and and I I tend to, um wander into the realm of insanity a little bit mm, yes and the, I the just wacky the, yes the wackiest approaches i'm just assuming we're gonna we're, we probably are gonna follow that same that same structure when All we right. do this this uh this show today i mean that that 100 works for me uh and i'm ready to jump right in because there's no time like the present um no time like with my first urban legend yeah let's hear about it matt did you know That in 1966, Mm -hmm. upon his death, the head of Walt Disney was frozen cryogenically and rests frozen in a warehouse in Glendale, California today. Now, this is one that I've heard. Uh, This is a classic one. It is a classic. classic, uh, I I want to start with an obvious, a classic. Yeah. A nice obvious classic. Yeah. Um... And uh, yeah, I've I've heard, I've heard people say that. Now, of course, it's not it's not true. Question mark. Or is it? Or is it? I, which is, I think, how we're going to leave all these, aren't we? Yes, but um, yeah, I don't I don't really know why. Why did he want to freeze his head? Well, that's did the he biggest. Want, did he think he was going to come back? Well, that's the biggest question. That's because a lot of these urban legends are, are rooted in some kernel of truth, right? Or or at least yeah. some logic. But this one is very confusing to me because I, I actually Googled around and did some research and I couldn't find any proof that Walt Disney in his entire life had ever talked about being cryogenically frozen. Yeah. It's very I'm, weird. When he when he died, was that even like a – I know – I think – who was the other one? Ted Williams? was Ted Williams, was the yes. the other one that mm-hmm. allegedly had his head cryogenically frozen? Mm-hmm. Now, where do you think this kind of a um, not not where the legend originates, but where do you think this kind of like desire would originate? Like, why? Where? Who was the first one to say I would really like to have my head frozen for posterity after my death? Yeah, I mean, I understand the head is kind of the most important part of your body, and and that it's impractical to cryogenically freeze your whole body, right? You know, in the well, future, they'd figure that we out. Kind of, we live in our headspace, you right. know, like see with our eyes, we hear with our ears, smell all, you know, all the senses except for touch. Well, and your brain, which yeah. is pretty important. So uh, I, I understand that. And, and again, I do think it would be difficult to cryogenically freeze your whole body and keep it frozen. So I understand the headpiece a little bit. Yeah. No, but, I get that. I totally get that. Um, I just, I just wonder who the first one that thought like, Oh, let me, let me freeze that. Like, I don't know. 
That's a that's a good question. Um, in 1922. Um, it was first mentioned, but it began in 1962 with Michigan college physics professor Robert Ettinger proposing in a book that freezing people may be a way to reach future medical technology. Oh, okay. Yep. So now, of course, that was just a theory. Yeah. So it's it's to be believed that both Walt Disney and Ted Williams were aware of this. Yes. I guess this procedure. Yes. And so, um, I guess, infatuated with it or fascinated by it that they they went ahead and committed their, you know, their their posthumous, I don't know, heads to this. Bequeathed plan. their heads to the cause. Uh, yeah, I mean, according to Wikipedia, if you ask Disney, in 1969, a publicist claimed that the source of the rumor was a group of Disney studio animators with a bizarre sense of humor uh, and that there was no truth to it. However, cry, uh, cryonics pioneer Bob Nelson uh, in 1972 said that Disney wanted to be frozen, uh, but because he didn't specify it in writing, his family uh, did not freeze him. So there might be some truth to, to the fact that he had at least wanted to be frozen, though there's no written written or kind of straight evidence of that. Um, nor is there any evidence uh, that he was actually frozen. His daughter wrote, quote, there is absolutely no truth to the rumor that my father wished to be frozen. I doubt that my father had ever heard of cryonics. Um, and of course, it's claimed that he was um, he was cremated uh, following his death in 1966. Yeah, but I think that's that's where most of the uh, the stories uh, end. That he uh, he was in fact cremated. He had his ashes spread. I think there's more. Isn't there more to the story about Ted Williams? Like he actually did. Yeah. Get his head, have his head frozen, or um, or he actually did like try to go through with the process. At least like closer to Walt Disney. Um. Let's see. Um, he wanted to be frozen, um, though his wills, though Ted Williams' will stated his desire to be cremated, Williams' son and youngest daughter chose to have his remains frozen cryonically. Mm -hmm. Um, then there was a lawsuit among all the children of whether or not that, uh, his father had been aware, uh, and that was that he wanted, um... Um, um, and it doesn't say what happened after that. Apparently, I guess he's still frozen. Hmm. All right. Uh, interesting for, uh, Walt Disney to, uh, to go ahead and want to do that. Yes. Kind of cool. I agree. So, Matt, as we wrap this one up, and maybe we'll do this throughout the evening, why don't we give it a a a a, a urban legend one to ten scale? All right. All one right. This one is being, this is not even humanly possible, and ten being this is absolute certainty. Where do you rate Walt Disney's frozen head? Walt Disney's frozen head. For me, it rates pretty low, like, like, like a two. I give it a two because it's, 
I don't know. It's just not. It's just kind of uninteresting. I would agree. I've heard that really, about it too. It's not really a big deal. Like it's kind of weird. Well, the like, story behind it is isn't as good as some other urban legends, right? It doesn't logically just, make sense. And it's such a weird place to start because mm-hmm. it's like, why, why is this? a an urban legend to begin with like now if like a book came out that had been kept secret all these years that said about what walt disney was going to do when he was unfrozen then i'd be like okay now we're talking but there's really no there's really nothing lending any credibility to this even in the in the uh the urban legend sense yeah exactly so matt what uh do you have one that uh that you would like to to discuss um yeah and this is kind of a cool one. Um, I mean, I think we've all we've all kind of heard of it. We've all uh, we all might be familiar with this this urban legend. This is a fairly um, a fairly modern one in that it wasn't around as, at least as far as my knowledge went when we were um, when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely uh, circulated the internet. It's even made it to the to the mainstream in in probably the saddest and most disturbing way possible. Um, when I think um, I think there was some news story that covered it a couple of years ago. I forgot the exact details, but it it wasn't good. Um, of course, I'm talking about the Slender Man. Ooh, Slender Man! Now, I'm going to be completely honest, Matt. Yes, I know sure. absolutely nothing about Slenderman. Okay, not a uh, thing. Can you give me the the rundown? Well, part of the Slenderman mythos, Mister Sean, mm-hmm. is that uh, the more you research it, I guess the the less the Slenderman likes that that you like do that. So he's supposed to like haunt you because of it. Um, so I didn't do a lot of research about that. <laughs> just respecting the um the slender man legend mm. but no i mean as far as i can tell all right he's like a really tall guy and he like doesn't have a face he wears like a suit um there are multiple origin stories it actually started as a story on dig i believe no according to this so I'm I'm on Wikipedia. Something awful. Yeah. Um, oh, something awful. In 2009, and it was a Photoshop contest, and a guy photoshopped Slenderman and said it was a thing. <laughs> this isn't even an, this is barely an urban it, legend. Then it, but then it took off, and they like people started writing like fanfics and stuff about him, and then he turned into like a um, I guess he went from like a benevolent figure to like a dark figure, and uh, now he's like a big urban legend i guess in in the world they they made a movie about him there's a fan movie called marble hornets it's more we talked like about this series. didn't we yeah yeah I, I, we probably have touched on it uh, there's like a it's like a student film project i guess um yeah he uh that's that's the, like the top urban legend of like i think of our time at least right now, he's like the he's like a pretty popular thing with the kids. Uh yeah, with with the kids, with with everyone, he's a big deal. Um, so I looked him up. 
Yeah, I have a bit. I have a problem. I, 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 I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to burst your bubble. What? I've got a problem with this. Um, What's your problem here? Because this is just uh, some guy made up a story, and then a bunch of people on the internet made up more stories about that story. Isn't isn't that what an urban legend is? No. Isn't that like no, the... <laughs> no, no, no. That well, we is never a. Said... That that we is a, a parameters. It's about a character. It's a fiction franchise, but not. it has no base in reality. No one's ever seen the real Slender Man because oh, he's made up. But it, so it, but it has a base on the internet. But that's but the any, internet is reality, Sean. No, but I. But it's one hundred percent fiction. Like you can't even tie a single fiber of it to reality. Like at least Walt Disney's head. Walt Disney was a real person. People do get cryogenically frozen. This is just fiction. That's like saying Harry Potter I, is I, an urban I legend. I don't see the difference because sure. it's because because people um, don't because people don't believe it's real. Some people do. Some people might believe it's real. It's Who it's like it's a, real. It's like an internet phenomenon. But 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 nobody thinks it's real. That's I, I, the fans of the show think it's real. The people listening right now, I guarantee you, they're like, or maybe they don't think it's real. They think it's a real urban legend. It's like a modern. I and and isn't that the title? Didn't you say it's like modern myths or something? No, it's it's myths of the modern man. Myths of the modern man. No, myths that... of the modern man. Oh, I've got such a problem this with this. This is a modern myth. This is I've got. You've got we such could, a we, So you're telling me we could make up an urban legend right now, with with if no gets, basis if in reality. It gains enough traction, then yeah. If, if people start believing in it, and you know, you know what it is, makes the nighttime news. This is the I same. Would say, yeah, it's an urban legend. This is the same reason why I can't accept YouTube celebrities. It is because I just refuse to acknowledge that the internet is a is a thing, and because I'm old and uh, yeah. I don't understand what kids do old these man days. Jennings over here, and, and I just I don't I do not understand this. This is weird. Like I get I get I get made up stories on the internet and fan fiction and all this kind of stuff. I get all that, but for me, for it to be a legend, people have to believe it's true. Every single legend we will talk about tonight, people on some level think it's true. I and I and I don't I don't discount that, but I think that that same argument applies for um, for the Slender Man. I think that he has become he's gone from inter- and that's what makes him so unique is that he's become he's gone from the internet sensation to a, a real natural urban legend in today's world. So people believe there really is a Slender Man. I think that I think that some people do. I think that that some people probably kids probably. You know, actually, they like they probably read this these stories or watched these videos, and and I I be I believe there's there's a there's a like a niche population, a cult population out there that probably do think it's real. It's like it's like when somebody told you, name an urban legend from our childhood, like the boogeyman. He's kind of like the modern boogeyman, I think. Yeah, but then how's he different from Harry Potter? I can believe Harry Potter's, Harry Potter's real. Not that doesn't. A legend, Sean. I don't know. Real. He has quite an epic tale. He has a whole section of Disney that's just dedicated to him. But if I believe he's real and enough people believe he's real, does that make him an urban legend? Does that make him real? Like Santa Claus? In your imagination, it does. Wink. 
Um, okay. I, in I don't, the hearts and minds of children everywhere. I don't think we're going to agree on this. And that's, we'll a, that's okay. And that's okay. That's that's why it's up for debate. That's totally fine. And we it finally is. had a debate on this show. We did. We it's tend to so agree long. a little too much. We, we agree so much. Uh-huh. For a show that's called Up for Debate. We have We're a lot of agreeable. agreeing. Yeah, that's not good. Finally, we got we got the uh we got the debate happening. Cheers. Uh, uh, okay. All right, so uh obviously on the scale of uh urban legends from 1 to 10, yeah, this how do one you is score it, man? Very, very high. Well, how do you score it? For for you. No, for you. How well, do you I score would, it? I would I would probably give it like a 9. I would probably wow. give it like a 9. Wow. So you <laughs> But we're doing it on a scale of how how likely it is to actually exist. Oh, all right. No, I thought you meant just on on like how good of an urban legend. No, it was. no, no, no. I uh, the the initial scale was how, how we can up. change it. In my mind, it was ten, ten is like absolute certainty. This is real. Oh, and one is this is impossible. All right. So this one, I'll, I'll give it like a, I'll give it like a six. <laughs> what? <laughs> So you think hey, Walt Disney's listen. head is a two, and this yeah. is a six? Well, listen. I mean, did you read any of those stories about Walt Disney's head? No, about the Slender Man. No, I obviously have not. That's okay. You know what, Matt? Six is fine. I am scoring it a zero because it's not an urban legend. <laughs> okay. Um, it does not get a score. We'll let, we'll, let, we'll just let the people at home decide. Write in up for debate TV at gmail Right into us if you think Slenderman is A, an urban legend, or B, real. Because <laughs> I want to hear it. All right. All right. Now it's your turn. Um, we... Matt, I'm going to go to another classic. Another classic. Matt, you are a New Yorker and that you live in the state of New York. Allegedly. Not quite the city. Um, have you ever heard of alligators in the sewers? Oh, uh, yeah. This was a big one in like the the 80s, right? Well, was this a, um, how about a little history for tall you? Tall tale. Let's hear about it. Um, according to Snopes, looking at the New York uh, Times, it was first mentioned in 1927. A good sized, quote, a good sized Florida alligator found in a storm swollen stream in Middletown, New York. It was later discovered that the alligator had escaped several months ago uh, from the premises of a, of a Dr. Fowler. In 1929, a two-foot alligator was found in the grass at someone's home in Port Jervis, New York. 1931, a two-foot gator found in someone's bushes in Pleasantville. 32, police organized alligator hunt in, Win- in Westchester County. After two boys bring in three-foot dead alligator and claim the Bronx River is swarming with them. Um, and it goes, there's a, a whole bunch of articles in the, in the twenties and thirties and into the forties, um, that seem to be, um, that seem to be where, where that does. And it says here, most of the blame for this tale's persistence should be assigned to Robert Daly's 1959 world beneath the city, which is a story about the sewers of New York in it. He passes along a tale from Teddy May, New York superintendent of sewers until 1955. And according to the book, sewer inspectors first reported seeing gators around 1935. Quote, he sat at his desk, screwing fists into his eyes, trying to forget the sight of alligators serenely paddling around in his sewers. The beam of his own flashlight had spotted alligators whose length on average was about two feet. 
the colony appeared to have settled contently under the very streets of the busiest city in the world. Hmm. Yeah, I had heard something like that. Um, but the... Uh, see, this was... Was didn't wasn't there something about the alligators like getting like reaching people's houses and like coming up through the toilets and coming up through the toilets, which yeah. I don't even think is like physically possible, but okay. No, no, what? Yeah, that's why. That's the part I didn't understand. Like, all right, sure, there there could be alligators, even though it, that that part doesn't really make much sense because it's too cold for alligators to live comfortably or like to develop a natural habitat. But, like, crawling up through the toilet thing, I just don't get it. I'm just not buying that. That was a weird piece of it, I agree. Now, the piece about alligators yeah. in the sewers. Yeah. Kind of legit. And to be honest, I could that. believe there being an alligator yeah. in the sewer. I be could totally believe that. Because people have alligators. They could escape. They could uh, imagine, and no offense, I could see you doing this. Ill-advised buying an alligator as a pet. Matt, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm okay. Uh, getting an alligator as a pet, realizing it is a terrible idea, and getting rid of it by putting it in the sewer. I could totally believe somebody doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I could believe that. Now, the fact that there's a whole family of alligators, I don't know. That That's a bit of a stretch for me. Um... But I think it is, a, you know, sewers, I think, overall are a great place for an urban legend, right? Yeah. Dark, spooky, damp, place so, no one really ever goes, but people claim they've gone to or might have seen something in. Place uh, where, where it's easy to mistake something for something else. Um, a place that we all, something we all use and are familiar with. Um, yeah. It's I, where the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live. I mean, come on. I would, probably, I would probably rank this urban legend pretty highly, like in terms of both believability and quality of urban legend. Like I agree. Maybe, just because um, it's like, it's, it's, yeah, like we said, it's believable. And, you know, secondly, it's, uh, it's like a good legend. Like it's something that you could like talk about with your friends and coworkers and, and have them like possibly actually believe it. And that, that is what makes a really good urban legend. Well, yeah. And, and sewers are scary. Gators are scary, you know, dangerous. Yeah. Um, so it's got that fear element to it. Um, it's got the shock factor to it. I agree. Very, very, you know, this is a, a nine or a 10, I think on the, on the scale, it's, it's right up near the top. Cause, um, yeah, cause it could very well be true. Totally. This is a good one. I think so. It's a, well, it's, it's an all time classic. Um, what about you, Matt? You got some from the weird and wacky pile? Yeah, weird and wacky stuff. Um, uh, now, I, now I'm sensing a new pattern, and and tell me if you follow this pattern between just to just to um, diverge a little bit, just to um, point out your picks seem to be like classic urban legends from like. Uh, you know, tried and true decades old urban legends that we know and love. Mm -hmm. Now, with this pick, you'll probably really see it shine. But my first one as well with the Slender Man, I seem to be picking a lot of like the modern urban legends, sure. like the, the contemporary ones from like like 
very recent, very like millennial urban legends. So my next pick, I went with an, uh, with one um, that I kind of remember growing up a little bit. And I think it's only with the advent of the Internet and the way that's and social media and things that we didn't have when we were kids. Um, we have uh, this phenomenon taking off with. Uh, um, I remember talking about like at school, I would come in with like a new story about a game glitch, mm-hmm. like a video game glitching and something weird happened. Most of the times they were all completely made up. Um, but me and my friends kind of like to like out, out story each other with like, well, I, you know, this happened in my game and like this weird thing happened in my game. And this is like, all we did in elementary school was talk about like these um these game glitches um but now it's like it's like really found a home on the internet and they call it creepy pasta i guess oh yeah 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 that's uh, it's it's a spin-off of uh, slenderman isn't it um in a, in a way i thought they were related oh i i i guess i don't know they i mean i'm sure they i'm sure they they probably incorporate the Slender Man since you know he's he's such a a pivotal mythical character in the mythos. Oh yeah, it of says the on, on Wikipedia it says in the mainstream media, creepypastas relating to Slender Man were yeah, so that's where they're most related. But yes, no, they're far bigger than that. Yeah, like a, I think a creepypasta is just kind of like a scary thing somebody posts on the internet and then they kind of run with it and make it creepier. Um, but. To me, like it, it kind of exhibits like the storytelling of like um, like the modern. It's kind of like a modern storytelling. It's it's cool because growing up, we we did the same thing. Like I don't know if you had the same experience. Um, you weren't really much of a gamer when you were growing no. up. You didn't play a lot of video games or whatnot. And you were probably better off for it. You probably <laughs> I read books, books and, got, yes. and got smart. Mm-hmm. It's really paid off for me. A lot of book learning. Um, but yeah, we uh, like uh, now I know there's a lot that evolve around like Pokemon games being creepy and doing creepy things. Uh, one of the things was in in one of the locations you visit. The song that they play, if it's like sped up or slowed down or something, it can cause like insanity or something. Um, there's a couple other glitches involving like, uh, I guess, like weird messages and stuff. I don't know. They're, they're, it's way too broad to get into mm. specifics. But but my urban legend is that is the the creepy pasta surrounding video games and. Uh, and cartoons too. There's plenty for cartoons. I saw one in there that was um, a creepy pasta of SpongeBob. Squidward suicide. Yes, that was the one I, I read about. I researched, and that was really that was a creepy one. But it's it's like this idea of everything that's been done before, everything has been done before, I guess, and mm-hmm. then it's just taking things that are old or things that are already done and and renewing them in a new way to make it adapt to this is kind of like the modern storytelling it it basically is i mean we see reboots all over the place you know not really an original idea in sight just taking old things and revamping them or 
not even revamping them, just telling them in a different way, changing the genre, mm-hmm. changing the narrator, changing the perspective. Um, so it's like something like like the SpongeBob creepypasta is is taking something nice and you know enjoyable and funny and making it scary and making it like something free would see from a horror horror film. Um, so that's that's why I really like uh, you know, creepypasta and game glitches for a mo- that's a real modern urban legend. I like it. I like it. You know, I, I, I could do a whole hour of this show just on how the internet has allowed creativity to to thrive in ways that that I certainly couldn't have imagined, and I think most people couldn't have, um, in all kinds of crazy ways. Uh, and people actually making a living off doing it. So uh, it's interesting, and, and I, I agree. The internet is, without doubt, the new medium of the urban legend. Um, you know, it, You can go back in time. It... it before the internet, it was email chains. Before email chains, it was chain letters. Before that, it was telephone calls. Before that, word to mouth. Um, you know, the newspaper, maybe magazines. At one point, I mean, it's they they've gone through a lot of mediums, but uh, I think they've adapted quite well to the uh, to the internet. Hmm. Definitely, I agree. I agree. Not much of a debate there, um, Matt. How many times has this happened to you? You go out for a long night of partying with all kinds of sexy ladies, right? (laughs) And at the end of the night, you take one of those sexy ladies. She buys you some drinks. She takes you back to your hotel room. And just before things get exciting, you fall asleep. No. She's an alien. No. Wow. I was going to say, if that's the case... More than once. That, that, that happens a lot? Well, that sounds better than what actually happened to you, which is you woke up in a bathtub full of ice and a note. If you want to live, call 911. Why? They took one of my kidneys. Because they took your kidneys, Matt. The famous... Gets I remember, me every time. I rem- <laughs> be like, I only have two kidneys. How many more can they steal? <laughs> um, you know, I remember... This is one of the legends that... I remember hearing when I was young and I don't remember if it was television or a book or, or a movie or what it was, but, um, it, it, it's been around for a long time. It actually originating in the nineties. Yeah. Believe it or not, it's not any older than that. Um, the earliest mentions date back to 91. Um, it didn't get its kind of current with the ice and the, that part of the story until around 95, 96. Of course, it's never been proven to actually exist um little bits and 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 um little bits of this are true you know in some countries uh it actually is legal to sell kidneys for money um which makes gives you good reason to steal it um there's been there have been stories of um some true, some not true, of people actually being lured in by false promises or for a job and actually being coerced or even in some cases forced to give up their kidney so the person could sell it. Um, yeah. It's not It's not actually completely unheard of. However, the, the classic element of being drugged, your kidney being stolen and left in a bathtub full of ice, uh, according to Snopes, has never actually happened. Um... 
Yeah, this is... I've actually heard, yeah, some reports, foreign countries, I think India mm-hmm. is, is a big one where this, this actually happens to tourists on, on not, not a regular basis, but it, it ha- it's like definitely not unheard of for it to happen. Um, a, receipt, a stolen kidney typically costs about 6000 to $10,000 for the organ and transplant operation. In some yeah. instances, paid donors in India receive about a thousand dollars more than a year's salary for a rural laborer. Now so, I'm wondering why, why the kidney? At the, like, if they're gonna take something, why would they care about you living? Well, because they don't want to be, you know, they don't want to be charged with murder. Well, there's, I mean, there's a strong possibility that, you know, if somebody takes your kidney away and doesn't put you on a proper dialysis machine right away you could still die i mean yeah oh yeah well i yeah you shouldn't be cutting into somebody in, in, in an unsanitary <laughs> hotel room environment um right i i, I also, agree how how skilled are they? there must be like some kind of training for these for these well, would-be kidney thieves well i'm sure the first couple of people don't make it but eventually you figure out what not to do yeah. And you walk away with a few kidneys. That's got to take a long time and a lot of practice, unless these are already trained surgeons that are doing this. Well, uh, now, okay. why don't you take a look at the, um, the, the registration of all the surgeons? How about this, Matt? In May of 1998, three surgeons and seven others at the uh, Noida Medicare Center in India were arrested for tricking... Um, people out of their kidneys according to the charges members of this group approached various unemployed men holding out the promise of jobs um the victims were advised that a medical examination was required they submitted and then were told um that something requiring a small operation had come up during the exam during the operation unknown to the patients one of their kidneys would be removed afterwards they wouldn't get a job that's even worse. They wouldn't even give them the job after? Wow. Well, they wouldn't even know that their kidney had been removed, hypothetically. I mean, I don't know what the medical ramifications are of having only one kidney. I mean, you would probably wake up and see that there were stitches on your back. But they, but they said it was like we're taking out your gallbladder or something. Or, that you know, they'd make up a small story. We've oh. got to, you know. So would you, you could uh. have gone your whole life without knowing your kidney had been stolen. That's crazy. Oh, gosh. I mean, it's like people who wake up with, like, leftover operating room stuff in their body after, like, 20 years of it being there. Like a scalpel left in your body. That's not an urban legend. That's a real thing. (laughs) I saw it. They did a whole TLC show on it. You should see the shit they they leave in people. Makes you really not want to answer. If it's on TLC, then there's no way. It's the learning channel. Anything but true. Mm -hmm. It is the learning channel. At least it was once. <laughs> yeah, at some point. I don't know when that was. <laughs> remember um, that? Remember when they used to have like educational things I all do. the time? I remember when they had trading spaces. Trading spaces? Did you ever yeah. watch that? I did. That show was great. And then they then they took trading spaces and they uh, they made it trading spouses. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I remember that. You, uh, you wife, swapped your wife. Wife your swap. Husband. Yeah, holy wow. shit. That was a whole thing. Man, hey, can we do a, can we do an episode on like bad reality television? Totally. 
we and totally talk about like wife swap and uh, we did it for game shows, didn't we? We did, we did, and we talked about some pretty pretty. My dad is better than your dad. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, we we should. I'm gonna. That's a good idea. We're gonna have to do that. Some like yeah. the really, you know, like my uh, well, the Joe Schmo show. Did you ever see that one? Yeah. Yep. I remember that. My one. big that fat was obnoxious the... fiance. Yep. My big fat obnoxious fiance. That was when Fox was. Uh, what was it? Who's my real dad? Or you remember that one? Yeah. That one was canceled. Was they didn't even finish that one. But it was the yeah. the girl and one of the twelve contestants was really her father, and she didn't know. But it turns out her father was like a tax embezzler and was arrested, so they didn't air it. Yeah. Oh, whoops. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. We are. Um, yes, we're we're spiraling. We are. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I wasn't going to use this word spiraling. Spiraling, though, I was going to use the word um, crashing and burning. Okay. Matt. But not quite. That's gonna, a little bit too dramatic. I'm calling an audible. I'm calling an audible. 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 What would you like to talk about, Matt? You can talk about anything you want right now. What do you want to talk about? It's it's Thursday anything night. It's 9.40 p.m. What would you like to talk about? Literally anything. What would you like to talk about? The thing that I would like to talk about the most, Sean, is chewing gum. Chewing gum. Okay. Chewing gum, And what would you What would you like to talk about chewing gum? Let's talk about chewing gum. And I know we talked about this before. I wanted to do a show tonight, folks, all about the wonderful world of chewing gum. I thought it would have been a great episode. You can't episode. do a whole show on chewing gum. I, I'm like Seinfeld, Sean. I, I want to look at, like, life. If, and through a microscope, Matt. I want to look at the like, little minutiae that make up our world and talk about how fascinating they are. I'm very quickly realizing that when I ping you and like what are, and ask what we're going to talk about this week, that you just look around the room and just pick <laughs> something sitting on your desk. You're like, pencils, we're going to talk about pencils uh-huh. this week. How much we love pencils. <laughs> hey, a pencil episode wouldn't be bad. I love Ticonderoga pencils. Number one is way better than number two. Um... What would you like to talk about at chewing gum, Matt? Are you are you a hard shell guy or are you a soft gum guy? I'm definitely finding more and more that I'm actually a soft shell guy. And I never knew that. Uh, growing up, I always liked the hard uh, gum. Mm. I always liked to chew like Eclipse was a, was a popular one. Yep. Like the real, like, like I like the little bit of crunch Dentine to my gum. Dentine ice. Dentine ice. I was actually, yeah, I love Dentine Ice. But now, no, I'm a Wrigley's guy. Wrigley, all about the Wrigley's. Wrigley's. You're the all only person I know who Wrigley's. chews Wrigley's. I didn't know that was still a thing. Wrigley's, Wrigley's gum. Huh. Uh, it's a classic. No. Um, double mint, of course. Double mint. The problem with double mint gum. The problem with soft gum is I find it inconvenient. Inconvenient. I like the drums of the hard shell candy that aren't wrapped because they're easier to eat. I mean, think of how much work it is to unwrap gum. I mean, come on. Who has time for that? Think about the hard shell gum, right? Okay. I understand what you're saying, but the hard shell gum first, let's, where should we, where should we begin? The, all right. The wrapper of the hard shell gum. If you can even call it a wrapper. Oh, the little foil pack. Yeah. Very bad for the environment. Terrible for the environment. Okay, first of all, plastic take, takes two lifetimes to biodegrade, Sean. Two lifetimes. As Who a representative of the plastics industry, I think plastics is great. Our planet deserves better. No. Our planet deserves better. 
than a plastic wrapped gum. Second of all, second point, the hard shell gum is so difficult to extract from that plastic wrapper. It's because you have you have to pop it, right? And when you pop it, a lot of the times, and I would say by a lot, like six out of ten times, it goes flying okay. across the okay. room okay. to your boss's drink. You don't get the <laughs> job you're interviewing for. You don't get the promotion. Uh, you know, it's it's just a recipe for disaster. You sound really bitter about this. You know how 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 smooth does that look? You're talking to a pretty girl, and then all of a sudden. You're popping that dentine ice, trying to be all suave, and then it goes flying across the room. Disastrous. Did this happen to you, Matt? Disastrous. Is this a true story? I'm just telling you. It's a disaster. It's all not. Right? That brings me to point number three. Yes. Of the of the hard shell gum uh-huh. experience. All right. It's so beholden to temperature. It's ridiculous. Oh, but unwrapped gum isn't. No. It's not. Not to the same degree. Because if a hard shell, if a piece of hard shell gum is too cold, it it breaks right in half, like a piece of candy or something. It doesn't even go into gum, proper gum form. And then you wind up eating it by accident. And you're like, wow, I, I was trying to chew that, but I accidentally ate it because it, it was kind of like an Altoid. No, it's not supposed to be an Altoid. It's supposed to be a piece of gum. Soft shell gum is just superior. Are you done? In every sense of the word. Are you done? Yeah, yeah that's it. I, I have I had A, B, and A, B, and C. All right, Matt. A, B, and three. Let's, Let's keep go. this debate going. Three reasons hard shell gum is better than soft shell gum. One, it's better for the environment. Why? Because each piece isn't individually wrapped. I would rather have one plastic. And by the way, that's biodegradable plastic for the most part because it's cheap, thin plastic. Um... And each piece is not individually wrapped, especially when you get it in the tubs, which have which are just the plastic outer. So, okay, one better for the environment. Okay. Two, they are not affected by uh, by pressure or by warping. It's always the same shape and it's consistent. If you if you put gum in your pocket and you sit on it, it will bend. Okay, bad news. You don't want that. Okay, three. More convenient to eat. So not only are they not individually wrapped, which is part of that, but they are poppable. It is easy to grab one and put in your mouth. You eat it, right? But with a, but with an individual stick of soft gum, you have to unwrap it, okay? And you got to put, it's long, you got to put the whole thing in your mouth, okay? It, it is far more effort to eat soft gum than it is hard gum. And number four, I'm going to give you one extra point. Hard shell gum is more fun to eat. Okay, and why? Because why because fun? you get the you get both sensations. It's the it's the it's the the blow pop of of gum where you get the the thrill of of breaking down the hard outer shell while still getting the soft inner gum. All right, I should have been taking notes because all your points are ridiculous. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why you're wrong, Sean. And I about bet you will. this issue about the gum. Uh-huh. All right. Let's start off with the environment issue. Again, we'll revisit that. You said that the plastic biodegrades quickly because it is quote unquote cheaper plastic. Well, did you know that the gum that is wrapped, that the soft shell gum is wrapped in, the paper that it's wrapped in, is approximately 25 to 30% thinner than the plastic that 
your hard shell gum. It's like your source. Wrapped in. It's my brain. Uh-huh. Um, Wikipedia. Wikipedia it. If you Wikipedia it, that's, that's all you have to do. I'm not going to Wikipedia, Wikipedia it. it. So, um, where was I? If you take all the individual plastic or paper wrapped gum, little pieces of gum, and you take, you like put them all together in a, in a sheet that's the same dimensions and size, it will be equal to or less than that of the plastic, the plastic coating box. Guaranteed. 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 You've got the mat guarantee. It. It's guaranteed. Oh, God. Um, those papers are so thin, the little papers that, that wrap the gum in. And sometimes they're even comical. Case in point, Bazooka Joe, Bazooka Gum. Do you remember Bazooka Gum, Sean? Sadly, I do remember Bazooka Gum. Terrible gum. Bazooka Gum. Horrifically bad gum. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. It was just gum. It, it was, was shitty gum. gum. It was shitty gum. It, it was just bubble gum. But what made the bazooka gum worth it was not the gum itself. But was the mediocre was comics. The, the comics. The mediocre comics. That, that was usually just a single pun. That the gum would be wrapped in. Now, I would like to see companies do more of that. More of that gum company. Matt, like, just go on Twitter. Like, I don't know why you need your gum to tell you jokes. It's chewing gum. It's not there to entertain you. Because it's, it's nice. It, they don't have to tell me jokes. They can give me a witty philosophical insight. They could give me a fortune. They could predict my future. They have cookies Something for that, Matt. Cool. They could give me lottery numbers to play. I need that <laughs> from my gum. What? I just need some a little bit more interaction. Like your it, gum it's, is it's too. too in- your gum is too static. Too is that human. what you're telling me? You want dynamic it's, it's gum? Too human, and I think that's why gum sales are lower now than they've ever been. Is that before. true? Uh, that's probably true. Okay. Not a lot of people really chew gum that much anymore. A lot of people are into their e-cigs more than gum. Well, let's find out, Matt. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. I'm willing to put a wager that. Uh, okay. What do you What do you want to wager? I still haven't found it, so I don't know yet. Uh, I will bet you one pack of gum. Uh, winner's choice. Winner's choice. Of and you course. say that that gum sales have gone down. Gone down. Um, they are on the downswing. Um, let's see. I wonder see. if there's even if there's even market research to, to oh, back this. I, up. Matt, as someone who who works in market research, there's market <laughs> research for everything. Um, let's see. No, that's which is the biggest. You want to know which brand is the biggest? I could guess. That'd be a fun thing to guess. Yeah, I'm, this, I'm in, guess in 2013, that. in millions of dollars. Our boys over at Wrigley's. Uh, no, more specific brands. So like Double Mint. Oh, oh okay. Wait, how is wait, Double Mint is the brand? I yeah, Double, Double Mint. No, Wrigley's is the company. Oh. Double Mint is the brand. Oh, I see. Okay. Um. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll go with Double Mint. No, Double Mint is like ETH. It's not um, Dentine? No, Dentine is fourth. Nice. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm quickly running out of... Wintergreen. Is that, is that a flavor? That's a flavor, right? That's Winter Fresh. 
But that's fresh. pretty far. That's that's not that's not what I was thinking of. No, no. But I will um, say several. Trident. The top six are fifty fifty hard and soft. Trident is, is Trident? number one. Trident is Trident. number one. Okay. Yes. Took a while. Mm-hmm. Now I, I think that's because they've been able to evolve because Trident gum. I think is like one flavor. It starts out as one flavor, and then the more you chew it, it turns into another flavor. That's exciting. That's gimmick that's gum. I don't want thing. your BS gimmick that's an gum. That's exciting thing. I want all I, like I want gum to turn into a big gimmick. Like you, you want an everlasting gobstopper. What's the point of chewing it to stop you from smoking and 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 stop you from overeating? Like that's, is that is that oh really what gum God. has become? That sucks for other more fun things. Oh, but what did gum become? A, a fun experiment for the chemists in New Jersey to figure out what what tomato flavored gum or whatever other wacky stuff they come up yeah, with. It's, Willy Wonka taught us that, right? Isn't there the 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 girl that can't stop chewing gum and then she turns into a blueberry? That's right. That's right. Is that what you want? Sounds like that's what you that's want. The world that I want. I just want more exciting gum. I want gum to to. I want to feel excited about chewing gum again. It's gum. It's it chewing more, gum. That's what I'm saying. It should be more than that. No, it but should that, be more than that. It should be well, just they, that. The gum companies owe it to their consumers in order for it to be more. Than oh, that. Let, let me guess, Matt. You you loved green ketchup too. <laughs> I was I was entertained by green ketchup for a couple of weeks. I was I was excited by it. It was. It was a fun gimmick. And you know what? Ketchup sales were higher than ever when they introduced green ketchup. Now you're just making (laughs) stuff up. Like, don't act. Statistics show, Sean, that nobody ever at any point in history bought more ketchup than when they introduced green ketchup. How about this, Matt? The worldwide chewing gum market grew by 20% between 2009 and 2014. That can't be. Yep, reaching $24.7 billion in 2014. The global market. Yep. I wasn't talking about the global market. I was talking about... Oh, I was talking right about the global market. The good old U.S. of A. Oh. No, definitely In the United not. States, it fell uh, from... Because 20- the global market in just about anything, when it's related to, like, gum, is going to grow by a lot. Uh, yeah, from 2013 to 2014 in the U.S., it fell about 2%. There we go. But thank I was you. right because it grew worldwide. So thank, thank you. you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank yes, thank you. I, I, thank you. No, thank I'll you. be expecting that pack of gum. I appreciate it. Free gum. Very, I love it. Hard shell. I, I want the right, crunch. Definitely soft shell. That's I, want the, the, I want the double mint and I want it soft I want some shell. eclipse. Because uh, that's the best part of gum, Matt. The crunch. No. What? Why? What? <laughs> what the hell? The crunch. You want crunch, you get potato chips. <laughs> Obviously. It's not what you do. Your gum should not be crunchy. I would not want to chew on the crunchy gum. But it's only uh, crunchy temporarily. I think you're doing soft gum wrong when you say that it's the piece is too long and it's it's hard to chew. You're right. That's you, a double mint right, slam. You take, the, you take it, you break it, you have two equidistant pieces, and then you put it in your mouth. Oh, my God. This is That's so much work. Gum. So I have to That's take it out gum. of the package. I have to unwrap not, it. I have to break it in half. Crab. You're chewing a piece of gum. Well, it feels you like I'm shelling a crab. You know what I do with my clips? I, I pop the lid on the container and I pop one in my mouth. It's pretty simple. 
<laughs> you know, you know, it's yeah. like texting and driving. Imagine opening a piece of gum behind the wheel. I mean, you're going to plow into a tree or something. Or environment murdering container. Oh, please. Gu- plastic is great. <laughs> we need to be sponsored by the plastics industry. I'm going to work on that. Uh, I think right. should, this episode should be sponsored by gum. Gum. Uh, that's one thing we can both agree on. Gum is great. Now, all right. Here's the thing to look up. Is gum, is there a company out there like that just brands itself as gum? Kind of like, I, I have a feeling if there's not, there could be. And it could be like, you know how, how Band-Aid became oh, like a gum Band-Aid? brand gum? Or how tissue, latex, or not latex, what's the um, Kleenex? All of a sudden became like tissue for a while and Xerox. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess Band Aid is the best example because yeah, they used to be called um, adhesive strips. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's happened to a lot of industries. TiVo is a good example. TiVo, um, exactly. Yes, no, as far as I can tell, so the company Google, came out there. There's and never they, and, they, and it was gum with two M's, G U M M, because it's wacky, and they break right into the gum industry. I, I have I have a vision of it happening. Trademark it. Own it. Let's do it. So, Matt, we talked about yeah. bazooka, yeah. which is, I would say, shitty gum. You say adequate gum. Um, what do you think about, and to me, gum flavors, okay? They're your all-time classics. Your mints, right? Your, your, your spearmint and yep. your, uh, win- your winter, winter green. green. Um, there's bubble gum, all time classic. Everyone loves bubble gum. Yeah. What do you think about cinnamon gum? Your big reds, for example. For me, the big the big reds are somewhere in between the minty gum and the bubble gum. I'm not really a bubble gum guy. Like, I can I get it if you're playing baseball or like you're playing you're in the middle of a baseball game. Like, I remember big league chew and bubble tape. Like yeah. those were cool. But I, I never really wanted that if I wasn't in the middle of a Little League game. Like, I don't think there's much of a, of a market for bubblegum anymore. Um, but the cinnamon gum is highly underrated. It, it's, oh. it's highly underrated. Cinnamon is a great flavor for gum. All right? It, it lasts long. It, it's lasted yeah. longer than any other gum I've ever had. That's true. Which is what you want in a gum. You want no. longevity. And uh, you don't want that flavor to wear out, and then you're chewing on a on a just a piece of rubber, flavorless rubber. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, no, a good a good piece of cinnamon gum can rival even the even the best wintergreens and spearmints. Matt, you are so wrong. It is frankly staggering. And all right, allow let's, me to explain to you why. Sources. Let's explain to me why. Why does one chew bubble gum or gum? Why does one chew gum, period? Because it's fun. No, absolutely not. <laughs> it's it's not... just moving your jaw up and down. That's not fun. Because sometimes people get nervous and they don't want to reach for a cigarette. They would rather reach for a gum. That's maybe 10% of the time, but you could do that with a mint. You could do that with a... Although, I, hang on, I, I'm getting away from my point. The point is you chew gum to feel fresh. That is why you chew gum, because there's something going on in your mouth, <laughs> and you want to fix it up with gum. 
I think you've gotten gum confused confused and you've conflated it with mints. No. Because that's what no. you do with mints. Mints serve the same purpose. Now the difference is gum lasts longer. That's the difference to me, but I think they serve the same purpose. No, I agree that's not 100% of gum in 100% of cases. I think that's the primary use for gum. And that is why cinnamon gum is whack. Because there's nothing fresh about cinnamon gum. Cinnamon gum is like... I, I, I It's like putting hot sauce on your birthday cake. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. Sean. <laughs> let me form a rebuttal here. Cinnamon, okay, is a what? A condiment. Spice. Yes. I was looking for the word spice. <laughs> Isn't cinnamon one of the spice girls? I don't know. Sp- yeah, cinnamon spice. Anyway, cinnamon spice. Cinnamon is a spice. Yes. Mint is a topping. Spice. No. It's another spice. They're both spices. Well, no, right? mint is an herb. The Matt. point of gum is to spice up your life just like the spice girls said they i'm so i'm honestly surprised they never did a gum commercial spice up your life that's why you chew gum. with big red yes you yeah you chew gum and you know what i i'm gonna go out and buy some big red tomorrow big red so- oh, i'm gonna sucks. show you so oh. i don't know why you don't think that cinnamon is not refreshing it's very refreshing no it's the opposite of refreshing refreshing. especially in the winter time it's a very refreshing flavor it's it rejuvenates you a lot of people like to drink cinnamon flavored tea a lot of people like to drink mint tea they kind of go hand in hand no they don't because cinnamon doesn't make you fresh it makes you does no i think i think it makes you equally fresh just like a mint you also said now all right so now why do people chew bubble gum Bubblegum doesn't Because fresh. it's a novelty. That's why people... Nobody likes the flavor of bubblegum. It's only because yeah. you had it as a kid and it's a novelty. But cinnamon isn't, doesn't fall into that category either. I'm why saying we don't need a, cinnamon... Ge- have you ever had a... Um, what are those things called? Big... You know, the, the, the cinnamon jawbreakers. What? Red I'm, Hots. Red Hots. No, Thanks. I hate Red Hots. See, this? maybe it's red, just me who hates cinnamon novel. gum. There you go. I think you're just being a hater on cinnamon yeah, gum. All right. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand because it it doesn't fit in with great. any of the other gum flavors. It's it's tasty. Gum it's is sweet. It is flavor. not spicy. Spicy gum is weird. There, that is my argument. It's not cinnamon is spicy. I think cinnamon. You just is said more it was a spice. It's a spice, but it doesn't make it spicy. Nutmeg is a spice, and nutmeg isn't spicy. In a gum, it might be. It's t- it's just it tastes good, and I think that is the main thing. It tastes good, and it is sweet, and it is very comparable to mint on a flavor, a flavor scale. Oh my god! All right, we're we're gonna have to move on from cinnamon gum because this is gonna we'll die doing this. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about one of the most aggressive gums that I can think of, Bubblicious. Bubblicious. Bubblicious is. Gum insanity. That's the gum that won't quit. It's the gum that gets it done. No, that's the problem with Bubblicious. It is the gum that quits. It's the gum that, you have to chew six pieces of because like five seconds after putting it in your mouth, it's just no, a lot of tasteless fruit. 
That's juicy fruit. Yes. Juicy fruit as well. Loathe juicy fruit. Juicy fruit does suck. Oh god, juicy fruit is the worst. Juicy fruit is the worst. It you have to chew an entire pack to have any kind of real satisfaction. It tastes good for exactly five seconds. Exactly five seconds. It's like kind of like this burst of it. I'd rather buy a a pack of Starburst, to be honest. Yeah, you're it's the same effect. And and Starbursts are way tastier. And it, and they've evolved over the years. How mm-hmm. has juicy fruit evolved? It's basically stayed the same. That that same stagnant, boring five second blast of quasi enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I feel the same about Bubblicious, which is just a big wad of sugar. Yeah. That just just is incredibly flavorful, and then and then just has the worst aftertaste. But I'm going to defend Bubblicious here. It lives up to its name. It is the oh, it's by great for far the easiest gum to blow bubbles with. Well, so if you're looking for because they, they, they the the pieces are nice and meaty, the uh, the 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 bubbles you get are nice and pronounced. Like that's what you want in, a, in a, when you're chewing gum for the novelty of blowing bubbles. But is it better than double bubble? Yes. Yes. Granted, I haven't had Double Bubble in a while, but... That, that was another uh, ball game classic. We, we always yeah. had Double Bubble. Um, I love the hell out of Bubble Tape, by the way. I will rep Bubble Tape to the end of my days. Matt, can I make a, a confession? Yes, you've never had Bubble I've Tape. I've never had Bubble Tape. You, you've missed a large and sugary part of childhood, my friend. I don't, what was great I don't. about bubble tape? I used to I used to eat it the wrong way, and it was for the best. Like bubble, all right? So for those of how you, do you at home, eat, I never understood how you eat bubble tape. Please inform and me. And for Sean, who was also unaware because he's never experienced the bubble tape, um, it would come in like a almost like a toy tape measure. It would be pink. It'd be circular, like a like a tape measure, and you would extract the gum like it was a piece of measuring tape from a tape measure. Uh, and you would you would break off you would get to the point where you would think it was a you know a reasonable piece and you break it off and that's when you would chew it or you know because you're a kid you would just see how much you can go and, and keep pulling the the bubble tape as far as it will go and then you'd eat it and then you'd have just a big mess of, of bubble tape everywhere. I would open up the bubble tape mm-hmm. the little the little circular bubble tape holder. I would take the roll of gum out and i would bite it just like a wheel of cheese <laughs> i would just take a nice bite out of that bubble tape and that's how i would enjoy bubble tape that is the most matte thing i've ever heard I would take bets with people with my friends and we would see who could fit more bubble tape in their mouth and it would be hysterical and that's how i enjoyed bubble good tape. lord i don't even know if they sell it anymore i hope they do, they do. if they do I highly recommend getting some. Absolutely, it's, it's a lot of fun. And now, and and see, bubble tape has evolved. They they had bubble tape. They had commercials on television, and they got to a point in their business where they were so successful. They started introducing new flavors of bubble tape. They had strawberry. They had cherry. Um, cotton candy, grape. Cotton candy, grape. Yes, blueberry. I think was a flavor. Yep. They went all out. They had a whole bunch of. They did plenty of flavors, and and it was awesome. Um, 
I think they had sour bubble tape at one point. They did. They had all the flavors in sour. Matt, would you like a a true bubble tape fun fact? Yes. This is going to blow your mind. I don't know if you you remember on bubble tape there was a a white powdery substance on the tape. Yes. Do you remember that? Oh, of course. Yeah. Do you know what that's made of? Sugar, definitely sugar. No, don't it's tell not. me it's anything but sugar. It's no. not sugar. Don't ruin this. It's not sugar. It gets worse. No. It is oh, ground no. up granite like the stone. It's used to prevent drying and sticking, safe for human consumption. I'm going to double check that because that's what Wikipedia says. That's, you know what? I always knew that was kind of a suspicious powder. Like, it didn't seem like sugar. Like, you know, it it, it, it did. It's It just stayed on your hands, like, kind of too long for comfort. Yeah, no... I can't confirm that on anywhere else but Wikipedia, so take it for granted. I believe it because right. you, you can eat it. Somebody might have hacked it. Somebody over at Big League Chew they're, might have hacked that page, <laughs> edited it to to mess with the competition. Was the fruit by the foot guys getting mad that they were stealing their gimmick? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's uh, so funny. There's so many kinds of fruit stripe. You ever eat fruit stripe? Yeah. Fruit stripe. There's a uh, stripe was interesting. Uh, chiclets. Remember chiclets? Chiclets were big in the South. Yeah, still wow. are in Texas. <sighs> there, we could just go on for days about gum. Yeah, but we can't. But we can't because we don't have time. Because we spent the first half of the show talking about urban legends. What an odd episode, but a great one. <laughs> I'm glad what we got to go. But I think this was a win-win because I don't think we could do a whole episode on either. So I think splitting the difference made sense. But what? But what? Did, what an inappropriate combination. Although, I mean, we can kind of tie it in. Both that, are fun that, for that, kids. Well, that little yeah, that's true. And the little thing about the um, the bubble tape and the granite on the bubble tape that that's not that says the making. That of could be an urban legend. legend. We don't know. You see. Urban legends are all around us. If Whether we're looking for them or not, it's fun to tell urban legends to our friends. That's right. Wow. What a great lesson learned. And that's what we strive <laughs> for here. Um, a lesson learned. And of course, you can learn all our lessons on all our past episodes because we've done now 47 of them. Um, and a lot of them have things you can learn and you can get them all at upfordebate.tv, which is, of course, our website. Um, go there, all the episodes and all the links to subscribe. I'll tease out a couple at upfordebate.tv on Twitter uh, and be sure to subscribe to the feed on any one of the following websites, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, uh, SoundCloud, uh, in most major podcasting apps, the raw RSS link is on our website as well. Um, and if you can think of another place you'd like to listen to us and we're not there, you let us know, upfordebatetv at gmail.com, and I'll make sure we're there. Now, you remember, Sean, remember when we used when we did this this show earlier um, in the season, and we uh, that, that other show, I guess it was called The Goldilocks Zone, I've way back. It. I, Matt, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> way back, as you sip from your Goldilocks zone mug, mm-hmm. um, way back in the late 2015s, yes, we did this show called The Goldilocks Zone, and uh, I used to have a little segment at the end when I used to pose a question to the audience. I vaguely I think remember I'd like that. to resurrect that just for now. Yeah, let's do it. All right. I have two. And you can choose to answer either one or maybe both of them. Okay. The first what do you one got? is, 
if you could make any flavor of gum, which flavor would it be? And which flavor? No. I'm going to do one better. Which two flavors of gum would you like to see combined with each other in some kind of crazy abhorrent mixture? Some Frankenstein-esque monster? Yes. And the second question that I'd like to ask is, uh, what, what urban legends have you heard that have to do with gum? Can they make one up? Yeah, of course. That's the whole point. That's it's an urban legend. Well, hang on. That's that's three. No, it's two. Like, I, if you could make up any gum flavor, no, we're not we're not, not doing I, that. That was a okay. question. No, All right. I, so we're asking I, the folks at I home was better to to mash up two gum flavors mm-hmm. and to tell us a gum urban legend. Yeah. Excellent. Good. Well, I'm excited to hear what we'll come up with next week. It should be great. And we will be back next week with another episode of this program up for debate. We appreciate everybody joining us this week on an extra long, uh, supersized episode um, where we did really two shows in one. Um, Can I tell you what what my flavors of gum are before we go? I have them right I think, uh, and I don't want anyone to steal this idea. Well, actually, I kind of do because I want somebody to make it. I think that they should take chocolate and combine it with mint. And make it a chocolate mint gum. Mint chocolate gum. Matt, I will bet you five U.S. American dollars that already exists. What? Yep. (laughs) There you go. Bam. Look at this. Extra. Extra dessert delights. Mint chocolate chip gum. You can buy it right now on Amazon. I will send you a link. My idea was so great. They already did it. They already made it. How about about Greek yogurt? gum with honey in it i'm not gonna wager that one that sounds weird (laughs) at that point you should probably just get greek yogurt (laughs) like honestly you don't want the calories sean you just want the 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 sensation of eating greek yogurt. oh that is messed up they do make a cinnamon roll gum see now that's that's, a cinnamon i can get behind i don't like i don't like the heavy cinnamon i think big red is too much cinnamon the doughy you want the dough in there i do i want the icing i want the whole thing matt you ever have cinnamon roll oreos of course I have. Go get some of that. That's good. That's good shit. That's good stuff. Yeah. Good st- they have Absolutely. pumpkin spice gum. Yep. That's not surprising. I believe that. Birthday cake gum. Donut. Glazed donut gum. You can get I'm gum surprised in. Starbucks hasn't come out with their own brand of gum yet. That they could sell at their, at their like little shops. There's, there's a juicy fruit Starburst gum where they taste like Starbursts. Yeah. Man. I believe that too. You're only limited by your imagination, and we've got a lot of it. So, excellent. All right. Well, of imagination. We've got to end it here. Thanks, everybody, for being here. We will see you next time for even more debate. Go get yourself some bubble tape. Go get some bite into it like a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs>